welcome back to the India podcast from the Santa Barbara Independent, giving you what's happening in Santa Barbara. I'm here this week with Jean Yamamura, reporter with the Santa Barbara Independent, discussing the Grand Tahiguas project. So what's the new system they're beginning to install to reduce waste in the landfill? Well, they're calling what used to be called the MRF or the Materials Resource Facility into a very large structure full of conveyor belts. And what it does is it mechanically sorts our trash, you know, all that trash that we throw away every day and don't think about anymore. So they have machines to sort that out in order to separate the recycling from the organics. Each of those will eventually turn into cash to run the whole facility. So in a way, it's really brilliant. And it's incredibly expensive, $150 million. And part of the story is that it took the county and the cities quite a long time to come to an agreement that this is something, you know, that they were willing to jump into practically with their eyes closed. But really, it sounds like they did a whole lot of due diligence to get this going. So who have been some of the major local actors involved in the project? I think the spearhead for this was County Public Works, which runs the landfill. And it also runs the other little sorting, big sorting place out on Dump Road. And they have been steadily working on this for over 20 years. At the ribbon cutting, Salute Carbajal, who is now a, a U.S. Congress member, but at the time was this began, was an aide to Naomi Schwartz, who was a supervisor at the time. The supervisors from the 90s on, as well as council members and mayors of the cities of Santa Barbara and Buellton and Solvang and Goleta once Goleta became a city. So it's been a lot of people, plus at the state end, I think that there were people involved with the waste recovery resources there, and then a whole lot of contractors. So something very interesting about the site is that there's other recycling that goes on. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, around town, there are other places that will take recycling. In the 1970s, recycling became something that was being promoted. It was not going to save the world, but it was going to help divert quite a lot of trash. And, you know, the plastics problems that we have in the oceans and how much we use and throw away, you know, is now 50 years later, a huge issue. But that was the Community uh, Environmental Council. And they were instrumental in getting recycling started in Santa Barbara. Of course, Hal Conklin was a big part of that. He was a council member and mayor for Santa Barbara who just recently died. And other places have taken it up like Santa Barbara's trash hauler, Marburg. They have a big facility on Quarantina Street, but what they mostly take is construction recyclables, you know, brick and cement and lumber, all those bits and pieces from a big construction project. And that is that is their main focus. In fact, it's their exclusive focus. At UCSB and at Marburg's facility out in Goleta, there are places to take hazardous waste. That does not go to Tahiguas. So part of the story also, which is probably going to have to be a whole other chapter, is how to recycle things. And that's really instrumental in keeping this landfill going. You know, this investment the county and the cities have made in financing it for a long term, because if this landfill fills up, which, you know, for the future, they are looking at maybe 10 or 15 years, 
before this really hits a maximum. What people were saying is to produce less trash. And that just isn't something Santa Barbara has been able to do ever. So it's, it's quite a challenge. It's a real challenge. And hopefully people will step up. So what is the future for this process of recycling? It's a bit more innovative, but a system that seems to be self-sustaining at some point. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful if it were self-sustaining? You know, as far as the energy that the place uses, one of the big things where the organics goes, it's called an anaerobic digester. It's this enormous concrete building and it cooks the stuff. It siphons off the methane that organics produce and it burns it to make electricity to run the whole facility. They have leftover electricity as well that they say can power 3,000 homes. It's that much power. And this is their, their minimum estimate. They think actually it'll be more. But that is one of the beautiful things about this is it will produce electricity, which is something that we do need to get off the grid you know, and stop burning fossil fuels. And the recycling component is what made everybody nervous in the beginning is because recycling the cost of that just varies wildly depending on what the demand is. And so that is also a revenue stream for them, as well as tipping fees, the the cost of actually throwing trash into the heap and what the charge is per ton. So the future would be all those things combining, everybody hopes, to pay the bond. The 150 was raised through bonds and eventually, you know, have the facility I would imagine operate into the future as methane and electricity production because the landfill is 50 years old and all that stuff is still gassing off down there. So they've been siphoning it off over the ages, over the decades and converting it into electricity. And I would assume with the investment that they've made here, that that will hopefully continue beyond 10 years. But that part of the, of the future is still being worked out. I understand. Well, thank you so much, Jean, for speaking with me about this. Thank you, Molly. Once again, I'm Molly Guy, host of the Indie. Tune in next week for another episode.